Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Baylor University, again. Today, I want to talk about my alma mater once again and the unending crisis that uh, that institution seems to be in and how that relates to compliance and how that relates specifically to crisis management, something we just talked about last episode. Um, That uh, episode titled Crisis, Four Rules for Crisis Management, um, is the most popular, uh, most downloaded podcast that I've put out in the last couple months. It's kind of interesting that I put that out just a couple of days before the latest headlines about my alma mater, Baylor University, came out because uh, Baylor and the leadership of Baylor University has been very, very negligent in their failure to follow those rules, and we'll talk about that. But first, before I get into that, as I mentioned in the last podcast, there are a couple of uh, webinars coming up. Uh, one on bullying, uh, which is an uh, issue that I'm hearing more and more about from many of my clients, uh, how they're dealing with bullying and and that sort of behavior and violence in the workplace and threat of violence in the workplace. Uh, something that um, I think is still prescient for, for many organizations. That webinar will be happening on Thursday, October the 18th at noon Central, one Eastern. October, if you didn't know, that we're now well into, is National Bullying Prevention Month. And this podcast is going to be co-sponsored by ECI, the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, and SAI Global. Um, It's going to include myself, Ellen Cobb, who is the author of Workplace Bullying and Harassment. So she really knows this topic backwards and forwards and, and really looking forward to hearing what she has to say, and also Kim Yapchai, the Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer at Tenneco. So we'll have an hour talking about bullying uh, in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, we There is now a sign-up to uh, register for this webinar. It has been submitted for Compliance Certification Board CCB credits, and that review is pending, but uh, SAI always gets those credits. So if you need a few credits for your CCEP, uh, it's a good way to get them for free. And it's a good way to hear from some experts and some practical guidance around bullying in the workplace. So please join us for that, that on October the 18th at noon central, 1 Eastern. Again, the sign up link. Uh, to register for that webinar will be in the show notes for this podcast on compliancebeat.com. A second uh, webinar, uh, which is a a reprise or repeat of a topic that I've uh, done a couple of webinars in the past about uh, around uh, code of conduct, and it's entitled Updating Your Code of Conduct Best Practices. It will be on October 26th at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, And I will be answering questions on that webinar. That webinar is not uh, free. It's through the Clear Law Institute. You do get credit uh, for taking that uh, webinar. Uh, And it has been approved for CCB credits. Also, 
uh, I have a discount code uh, available. Um, but what you need to do uh, to get that discount code is get in touch with me. If you uh, want to sign up on our uh, newsletter or our mailing list on compliancebeat.com or otherwise email us at compliancebeat.com or you can email me directly, eric at moreheadconsulting.com. I'd be happy to give you that discount code if you're interested in participating in updating your code of conduct best practices October 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the registration link also for that uh, webinar will be in the show notes uh, on compliancebeat.com for this podcast. And then, uh, as I mentioned last week, we are going to be in Las Vegas uh, here later in the month, uh, once again, for the SCCE uh, Compliance and Ethics Institute, sort of the must-see live event, one of the must-see live events uh, for compliance every year. Uh, We will have a booth, and we will be giving away some nice stuff at that booth. So if you happen to be going to Las Vegas uh, end of this month for uh, the SCCE's CEI, please do come by and talk to us. Uh, We'd certainly be glad to see you. So Baylor University, my alma mater. I've done at least one podcast about the situation uh, that it's been going on with Baylor for several years now around allegations of uh, assault, uh, other criminal conduct, and also issues of governance, compliance, and uh, just general transparency and management at, uh, at at Baylor University. I'm really surprised that we're still talking about it here a couple years on. I've not revisited this because I thought I pretty much said everything I needed to say uh, in the podcast that I believe was a, well over a year ago, probably almost two years ago now, uh, that I uh, where I discussed and compared and contrast how. Uh, Penn State, who faced um, perhaps arguably uh, at least as damaging, if not more damaging, allegations against its program and, and individuals uh, and, and very highly placed in that uh, in that institution, and how they handled that uh, um, uh, process, that investigation, how transparent transparent Penn State's response was versus Baylor. And now, uh, just in the last week, the uh, NCAA uh, has completed um, uh, its investigation into Baylor's handling of the sexual assault allegations specifically and has served a formal notice uh, to Baylor about that. And the school is being cited for, and I quote, lack of institutional control and promoting an atmosphere Um, failing to promote an atmosphere of compliance. So I feel like it's time to revisit this and talk about what uh, Baylor has yet to do. Uh, And it relates uh, rather ironically, very, very specifically with the things we talked about in the last podcast around uh, managing a crisis and how you, uh, how you should and shouldn't do that. You know, those four rules we talked about is first of all recognizing that a crisis is a crisis. I think uh, you know that may or may not be the case. Certainly, they're not recognizing that it's a continuing crisis because they have not made any effort, any at least public effort, in the last uh, eighteen months, two years after the dismissal of or, or resignation of Ken Starr and the head co- head football coach and the athletic director that seemed to be the extent that in releasing a very bare bones uh, readout of what the pepper hamilton um, investigation findings were 
uh, and they haven't really done much since then. We have a new president of the university. We have a new coach. We have a new athletic director. But overall, I think that there's a failure to recognize that this crisis continues. Second rule of crisis management is to get all the information. Well, there, Baylor University clearly, clearly fell down and continues not to make strides forward. Uh, I think there, there are very few people other than the Board of Regents and the spokespeople for the Board of Regents and, and the university that would suggest that the Pepper, Pepper Hamilton review and the report such that it was is that there's there's much of a comfort level that all the information has been gathered because we still continue to see things trickling out, including uh, news reports in this last week about statements made by the former chair of the Board of Regents, which is certainly not something that was um, uh, revealed before. So the information is still trickling out. So they failed on that second uh, rule of crisis management. And the big, biggest part of that is getting that information out to the stakeholders to the public as as soon as possible well certainly i don't think anybody any of the stakeholders outside the university uh, whether that's bears for leadership reform which is an outside group that's been lobbying for change since this crisis started or individual alumni such as myself uh, that are uh, still shaking our heads at these headlines uh, years later uh, we don't have the information what we've received what was prepared what was uh, apparently uh, undertaken with the investigation is insufficient and and clearly has not covered all of the information because of these uh, headlines that still come out with new information trickling out that's a, a real failure there the third rule of crisis management is avoid saying anything that has to be withdrawn well i would say that uh, you know the statements that were made about the actions that were taken at the time, including the resignations and, and or dismissals of certain uh, officials, um, uh, the different uh, tasks that uh, Baylor said it was going to undertake. Um, I don't know that uh, they've necessarily had to take anything back yet because they just remained, for the most part, pretty silent about this. Uh, but at some point, I think uh, this is not going to go away. And so they're going to have to admit that uh, the way that things were handled was not appropriate, uh, that there were problems, that the Pepper Hamilton investigation, for example, uh, and the results of which and the way it was presented to the stakeholders was not appropriate. So although they haven't had to withdraw it and take it back yet, um, I think that that rule of crisis management will eventually uh, be one that they will have to break. And the last one, and this is the one that is really concerning, particularly to myself as an alumni and I think others who care about Baylor University and its reputation and its uh, and and the uh, uh, and care about the students and the faculty um, care about uh, future students, past students that have were subject to this abuse, and 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 want to see the organization do better in the future and that's avoid doing anything that looks like a cover-up well heck i think it's hard to avoid uh, feeling particularly as new information keeps coming out uh, that um, 
that the university has not engaged in something that you know maybe maybe they could characterize as something a little bit less than a cover-up but certainly not handling the process in a transparent and effective way oh and by the way um, I, I should mention that these four rules as i did in the podcast last time these four rules of crisis management uh come from uh steve denning um, I think they're, you know, they're as good as anything else I've seen out there for nailing down in a succinct way the things you need to avoid uh, when you have a crisis that are the, 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 the things that you need to, to uh, nail down so that two, three, four years on, oh my gosh, it's still going on. And, it's, it, and it, it is a studying contrast to what happened at Penn State. Again, arguably just as bad a, um, a, a set of circumstances, uh, you know, just as disturbing um, sort of conduct that went on uh, regarding people in leadership positions at Penn State. Uh, some of the similar some similar actions were taken. Obviously, we had a cleaning of the house, but the big difference between Penn State and what Penn State did to move forward. And what Baylor has failed to do is the transparency and openness around the free report and the steps that were taken afterwards. I I don't think that you can compare the response that Baylor University and the Board of Regents has taken to what happened at Penn State. And they in any way conclude that Baylor has taken, taken the right path. And the proof is in the result. I honestly would have thought that the the podcast that I put out, I first spoke about this in December of 2016, and then again in April of 2017. It's uh, it, it's not a new thought when you start talking about the things that Baylor should have done and has not. So um, you know we're pushing on well over getting into two years down the road. And we're still talking about the same things. We're still talking about the need for transparency. We're still talking about uh, a lack of leadership at the top of the organization. We're still talking about uh, the perception, whether it's intentional or not, that the the university is still playing hide the ball with uh, what's going what's gone on, what they know, what actions were taken at the time really happened. You know, what what went on and what were the decisions that were made contemporaneously? We have no idea. The the, the vast gulf between uh, something like the free report and something like the two or three pages of uh, of bullet points uh, that have been released regarding the Pepper Hamilton investigation uh, is is not something that Baylor University can navigate through time and just waiting and hoping that it's going to go away until we have the sunlight, the disinfecting sunlight of transparency and open this up and Baylor takes real steps and has a real investigation and a real reckoning about what happened. Uh, it's not going to go away. It's just not going to go away. And uh, the revelations from the NCAA and the headline revelations about the conduct of uh, one of the former regents uh, just here in the last week only reinforced that. Uh, so uh, I don't know what it will take for the Baylor Baylor's regents to get it, to understand that there needs to be a real assessment 
of uh, what's going on with compliance and ethics and governance at the organization. And there needs to be a real investigation of what happened going back uh, to the original allegations um, regarding the f- football team and anything else that the, that's been uncovered. A real investigation, a real assessment of what is going on in the organization. I hope that that happens. I, I have, I have uh, a faith <laughs> that uh, my alma mater will finally, even though it's uh, been too long and too painful, uh, for so many people, but there's, it's going to have to happen. And at some point that uh, reckoning needs to happen. And uh, it's hard. And I recognize that many organizations go through these sorts of crises, crises. And it's easy as an outside observer to suggest what, you know, what should be done. It's clear for, for, for those of us that are on the outside. And it's hard because there are so many competing competing issues. And you've got, I'm sure, uh, a lot of advice from uh, really well-intentioned people. You know, some of the members of the Board of, of Regents, for example, have a strong litigation background and understand and are concerned, I am sure, about liability and very practical concerns. But this is, once again, really, really uh, a uh, an illuminating experience for those of us that have come from a legal background or a litigation background and have moved into compliance to see the real difference between compliance and ethics and taking a legal position as the advocate for the organization where you just batten down the hatches, deny uh, as much as you can, uh, seek uh, to move forward and, and, and hope that the rain will just stop. Well, those of us who live here in Texas know sometimes the rain don't stop. And the rain ain't stopping, Baylor University. It's not stopping. You've got to come up with another plan. You've got to come up with another way. You've got to move towards transparency. There's got to be a real investigation with a real report, real findings, real recommendations moving forward that can be measured. A real assessment of what's going on inside the organization now not just uh, uh, a report that goes back and looks at these imp- the, what the, the, the factors that led us to this day, going back five years, 10 years, whatever it takes, but the path moving forward, there's, there's nothing. It's a rudderless, from the outside, apparently rudderless organization and rudderless approach to this ongoing crisis. Remember, that's rule number one, recognize a crisis. This is a crisis. It's a continued crisis going on multiple years. It's, it's, it's really quite stunning. But anyway, I have hope. I have faith. There are very good people that are on the Board of Regents now. There are very good people within the leadership of, of Baylor University, including our new president. I am hopeful that they will make the right turn here. They just haven't yet. And it's hard, and I understand it's hard, but it's going to have to happen. There's going to be a reckoning. And uh, the longer that uh, those that are putting the brakes on put the brakes on, uh, the harder that road back is going to be. So those are my thoughts on it. Once again, for those of you who are interested, please join me for one of the upcoming webinars, uh, both the bullying webinar uh, that's going to come, going to be here on October 18th, uh, and a redux of our updating your code of conduct webinar 
uh, which will be on October the 26th. Uh, again, in, check the show notes for links to register for both of those webinars. And until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.